Happy Bruise Day Tuesday, everybody. My name is Caroline King, and you're listening to Bitch Beer. special episode in store for you today. As most of you know, this past weekend was Pride Weekend here in Atlanta. And of course, at Bitch Beer, we are huge supporters and cheerleaders for our friends and family in the LGBTQ community. So I couldn't have wished for better guests. Today, I have a fantastic phone call with John Moore and Jason Pazmino from Gay Beer. You heard me right. Gay Beer. I first met Jason and John at Dames and Dregs Beer Festival. They were one of the lead sponsors. Their beer was everywhere. And the moment I met them, they have the most amazing energy and just drive for what they're doing. And I just knew I had to know more about them, their background, and of course about the beer and how it got started. So that's what we do today. We have an awesome conversation about how they got started, why they chose the name Gay Beer, and how they are paving the way for beer lovers in the LGBTQ community and everywhere else. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Hi, John and Jason. How are y'all doing today? We're doing good. How are you? We're doing good. Thanks, Caroline. Awesome. So um, if you wouldn't mind for our listeners, um, introducing yourselves and what you do and your brewery. Uh, Well, we are from Gay Beer. Um, I'm Jason Pazmino. I'm one of the co-founders along here with John Moore. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm John Moore, also one of the co-founders of Gay Beer. Uh, we are based out of Brooklyn, um, and our beer is brewed upstate New York with a craft brewery up there called Butternut's Beer Nail. Oh, awesome! That is so cool. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been interesting, uh, you know, getting into this industry and learning much more about not only the beer industry but being more involved with the community and and in creating a product like this. It's pretty amazing, and I I met y'all at um at Dames and Dregs in Atlanta this summer, and that was so much fun. You guys, your beer was everywhere, and everybody was just raving about it. It was really good. Yeah, it was really exciting for us to be down in Atlanta, um, you know, launching the product or introducing it at that time, and just seeing what kind of response we would get from um, the Atlanta market, and we were welcomed with open arms and excitement. Yeah, and I think you know it, it's. It's funny because I think a lot of people at first, you know, when they when they see it or notice it or whatever, they kind of think it maybe is a joke or a gimmick of some sort. Um, and as soon as they try it, everyone's really surprised. I think, you know, we spend a lot of time developing the recipe for the beer. We work with a really good craft brewery, um, you know, to produce the beer. And so I think I think people are a little surprised. I don't know what they expect that it would be. But, um, you know, I think when they realize that it is a serious craft beer, they're like, oh, OK, here we go. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that because when I saw the cans everywhere, the cans are beautiful, this like gorgeous blue color. And then it's there's no hiding it. It says gay beer, like right across the (laughs) right across the can. (laughs) And so and then um, so the name gay beer, where did that come from and why is it called gay beer? So we, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a really good quality craft beer as far as the liquid. It's just beer. Right. I mean, a a well-crafted one. But, you know, we within creating this product, we're trying to um, create a new lane within the beer market, uh, the beer industry itself. You know, there really wasn't a lane that we saw that was giving visibility or integral marketing and inclusion to the queer community and its allies. So the way that it is gay is through its marketing. You know, the word gay is synonymous with the word happy. And that's why we kind of landed on that word. Um, but the, the beer itself and the mission that we're doing is, you know, all encompassing of the queer community and its allies. 
And we didn't want to be shy about it, like you said. You know, it was um, it was meant to be a little in your face to get your attention. Um, you know, but also just like part of our mission statement was, you know, to really just start a conversation and make a connection with people. Um, and, you know, maybe really consider why the beer market and beer industry in general has never really been that forwardly, you know, open about, uh, you know, accepting into the market like a, a, a queer beer drinker or, you know, whatever. Or, or just mainstay <clears throat> visibility, you know, outside of Rainbow Retail for Pride Month and, you know, making that coin off of, of that capitalization of that month. You know, we we want it to be the first mainstay craft beer to to be all inclusive. That is such a good point because there are so many, and you know, not to demonize any other breweries that do it because I feel like so many companies do it now. They put the rainbow all over all of their products just to say, hey, it's pride, happy pride. But to have a product and a beer, a good beer that actually does market towards that LGBTQ community is really just so revolutionary and really, um, I didn't realize how important it was, but it really is. Yeah, we yeah. felt the same way, and that's why, you know, the, the, the name Gay Beer, we just couldn't move away from it. Um, you know, we were like, it just has to be that. You know, <laughs> and just also, you know, you know, this kind of baggage that comes with the word gay, just, you know, historically, you know, so mm -hmm. we wanted to be able to take that term and, um, you know, kind of make it a positive one in some lights, you know, there's nothing wrong with the word gay, there's nothing wrong with the word queer or lesbian or trans. Um, some people shudder when they hear it, and there's no reason to. So the idea that someone could enjoy something as social as a beer and kind of, you know, every time you drink a beer, you're connecting with someone um, and have a product in their hand that said the word gay on it un unashamed in doing so was, you know, interesting and a good way for us to promote this kind of healthy view of the word and of the community. That is so cool. And I love that you guys have taken that approach to it because it's so true. I mean, I feel like everybody is so triggered and gets so offended by words. But if you kind of take that negative connotation out of the word, it kind of takes that power away, you know? So um, I, I absolutely love that. I think that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, we've had such a strong and interesting reaction, you know, just from some of the events and the in-store promos we've done. You know, we do get our our cross-eyed looks and our kind of, you know, for the lack of a better term, shocked and slightly disgusted looks from certain people who first see the branding and the signage and the, and the name, the word gay. But the interesting thing about it is, you know, their, curio their curiosity is peaked and, you know, we just tell them after they've circled the table a few times and they keep staring that it's just beer, you know, come over and try it. And those same people try it and love it and end up buying a six-pack. And it kind of just brings everybody back to a common ground of we all enjoy the same things. We all like, you know, we're all just human at the end of the day, even though we're different. And there's no reason why we can't enjoy each other and, you know, kind of be social within each other's communities. You know, there's, there's no reason to be afraid of it. It's so true. And I feel like since you all got into the beer industry, um... How do you feel the landscape of craft beer has changed since you got involved or because, you know, seeing that need in the market for um, a product like this and just really taking the reins and just doing it yourself? Um, do you feel like there's a lot more inclusion? Do you feel um, how do you feel it's kind of changed since you guys got involved? Um, I feel like the consumer has changed a little bit within within what we've been able to work with in the sense that, like John mentioned, you know, People are not sure what to make of it when they first see it. Um, they don't know if it's a joke or if it's some sort of gimmick. But, <laughs> you know, once they realize that it's a real brand and once they, you know, look at our messaging and our branding, and um, I, you can see people connecting with it. And I think that's what we're in a time right now where people are demanding to be reflected in the products they're, they're purchasing. You know, they're, demanded, they're, they're demanding to be reflected in the marketing. You know, we're not just buying what we're told that we should be buying anymore. So... You know, I think people, some people really gravitate and connect with it and feel like it speaks to them. We get a lot of kids reaching out to us on social, um, asking how they can get it. They love what we're doing. They wish they could have it in their town. And so in that sense, it's nice to have a product in the beer market that, you know, people want to be a part of as opposed to just drink. Yeah, and I think that, um, 
you know, within the craft beer business, I mean, that is a pretty accepting, I think, diverse community, you know, Um, you know, we haven't really met anybody that has a serious beer bar or, you know, even our brewer, our, our distributors, like they've all been so excited about the idea, you know, so I think the craft beer, you know, world itself is, is kind of accepting people, you know, I think there's a lot of creative people that do the, you know, that work in the industry, there's a lot of really accepting, you know, diverse people in the industry, you know, I think the more issue is this bigger, you know, the big bear agencies and things like that, that, right. that, you know, seem a little less um, hesitant to be open to an idea like this. But, you know, we really see ourselves that way, you know, like, why not have a gay beer at, you know, the Super Bowl? Why not have, you know, a gay beer at, you know, the baseball field? So oh, I, mean, I love that. Oh, that would yeah, be, we feel that way. That would so, be amazing. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, you know, whatever, it's going to take some time. We realize that, you know, and, and who knows if it will ever happen. But, you know, it's just sort of a, a thing, like you're saying, it's going to take some time. But I think, you know, craft beer people, craft beer industry um, people have been very open and accepting. I mean, for them, it's all about the quality of the beer, um, which I understand. You know, we knew it had to be a good beer mm-hmm. to be taken seriously. So, And it's interesting, you know, in, in working with, you know, in entering this um this industry you know we have gotten such a warm welcome from like john said from the back end but the number one response we get from the industry people are like how has no one done this before and then we've also gotten from kind of people who've worked in larger capacities with larger beer brands and and companies that have said to us you know they're well aware of this situation it's kind of a nut that they can't crack they can't figure out how to do this correctly or, you know, they don't want to isolate said mm-hmm. consumer that might have a negative reaction. And to us, there's no magic equation. It's just doing it. And so we did it. Well, and just like the way that you've just, it's like, no, we're out and proud. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing, too. We really just, you know, whatever. Like every day you, you, you meet queer people in your life. You know, every day there's someone around you that you know, is either providing a service for you or is your doctor or, you know, is on TV, you know, whatever. And they, they're queer people living their lives. And so that was part of it for us as well. It's just, here we are, we're, you know, it's gay owned and operated business and we're doing this and it might seem, you know, out of the blue or or not your typical, you know, setup, but listen, these are our lives. This is what we're doing. That's amazing. I mean, why not? I mean, it's you're you've got a really great location and your branding is amazing and the actual beer is awesome cuz it's one thing to come out with like a strong marketing campaign and good materials, good canning, but the beer is delicious. Can y'all kind of talk about like the style of beer and why you guys chose this style? Well, we're both beer drinkers, so we knew what we we like in a beer or in styles of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also knew this being our first offering and had to be something that was kind of easily, approachable, approachable mm-hmm. exactly, easily enjoyed by most. And so we, we landed on creating a lager, Yum. but we also knew that we wanted it to be complex and a true craft beer. So we were able to work with some great teams who could see our vision and worked really hard. You know, the beer is gluten reduced and most beers that are gluten reduced or gluten free lack in flavor and taste so we spent about eight months crafting this this lager and making it complex on the back end but still refreshing and sessionable um without losing you know its integrity its guts so um you know we we like to think we landed on it but you know it's always great to hear i mean i'd say probably 95 percent of people who try it love it mm-hmm. their response is great they all say it's amazing it's delicious they want to drink it and our sell-through is pretty high at the bars. You know, people, you know, we've been told anyone ordering one beer at the bars, ordering three. Oh, that's so, great. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's good for us, you know, we, we because we're new, in t- we're new in this space. So we want to know that we ourselves are capable of curating and creating a, a really well-crafted beer. That's amazing. And what's the ABV on this beer? Five. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's totally sessionable, totally doable. You know, it's more than your like typical, like macro brewery. And, um, 
I mean, yeah, I was, I absolutely loved it because at Dames and Dregs, so you guys, you were everywhere all over Dames and Dregs, but then the like upstairs area, you had just cans of it sitting out and then all the bat, the swag bags that were given out. I remember yeah. like after the festival going upstairs and being like, did anyone leave any swag bags around? I want to, I just want to get the beer out of here. And <laughs> of course, that's so great. Yeah. Luis, you know, the organizer of Dames and Dregs was really supportive from the very beginning. And he's amazing. You know, we had some friends down in Atlanta who think, you know, they were like, you guys should be down here. We think it'd be really great. So, you know, in meeting Luis, you know, he was really a, a, an integral part of, of, you know, the role there, like getting us into that VIP area. So we had, you know, a great exposure to meeting some local contacts, the right people there in Atlanta, you know, to get a true response about, you know, what we think the beer, you know, could do there. And, um, you know, would we, would we find a supportive market, you know, whatever. And it wasn't a doubt to us, really, you know, mm -hmm. but it was important, I think, step for us to, to make. And him allowing us to, to, you know, to give out the swag bags and do all that kind of stuff and just get some visibility around and excitement around a new product. I mean, that's the part, too, is that, you know, every day a new craft beer is coming out. So how do we how are we different? How do we stand out? And, right. you know, again, back to naming the beer gay beer, that was sort of the intentional part of, you know, this is how it's, this is how we're going to do it. I love it. And especially in Georgia, I feel like. People from outside of Georgia, they kind of like get confused by us because you come into Atlanta and you're like, oh, this is cool. This is great. <laughs> and then you start getting like, you know, a couple miles outside of Atlanta towards like all the Jesus billboards. And then you're like, oh, it's a little, okay, it's a little different. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up. You know, we, we were looking for a second market to test out and to see if we could, you know, you know if this product could feel comfortable and be accepted. And you know, we're in New York, so it's easy, to, it's, you know, the, it's easy to say, let's go to L.A., mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, we wanted to do something, you know, above and beyond that, you know, it's simple to test an equally uh, metropolitan kind of fast-paced city that's much like New York, and we just wanted to make sure that we would get the same kind of reaction from a market that was completely different, and Atlanta is such a great city, and it's mm -hmm. very queer, and it's very progressive in its own rights, and we just wanted to see if somewhere in the south or somewhere, you know, non-coastal, per se, would have a great reaction. And we're so happy that Atlanta has received us very well. And we're getting some respects from great beer places, you know, craft houses. And we're in some fun spots and fun bars. And it's it's really encouraging. That's awesome. And so you all, you are available in Atlanta, correct? We are. We are. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and, uh... And, you know, also to that as well is that we knew that Atlanta, particularly in Georgia, there's, you know, it's a craft beer community as yeah. well. They take it very seriously. And, you know, that was one thing, you know, that was important to us as well is knowing that there's people that know what they're doing down there who have really great, you know, taste palette for beer and interesting, you know, uh, community of, of people that are interested in beer alone. And you know what's interesting about Atlanta, and because I've been here for about uh, three going on four years, is like how it's a it's a big city, but it's a new big city. So people are so willing to try new things. And, right. you know, like when I went to house parties when I first moved here versus now, you know, you look in the fridge and before it was, you know, like maybe like Sweetwater and, you know, like Bud Light. But now yeah. you go in and it's like all these different cans and colors and, you know, people will just like they'll just pick up different six packs to be like, Oh, I want to try this. So it's a cool market and a cool, like everybody is just uh, willing to try a lot of new things and, um, you know, test stuff out, which is, uh, I'm so glad you guys are down here. Are y'all available in stores down here too? Yeah, we're in all, we're in, um, all the hub cities. Nice. We are in Candler park market, grant park market, uh, the Porter. I mean, we have a, oh. a, full, a full bevy of places that we are, we are at currently. Yeah. The Argosy, you know, there's a lot of well-known, beer bars there that yeah. have, you know, picked it up to see how it will do, or at least introduce it as a featured beer for a while, you know, like, it's, it's been a good response. Um, you know, some of the, the more influential bottle shops there and stuff, too, have picked it up and have been posting on their social media, you know, about um, gay beer and how happy they are that it exists and that they're proud to be serving, you know, gay beer and all that stuff. So it's been exciting for us. Yeah, we're at Sprayberry Bottle Shop, and we, we knew that that I was... I love Sprayberry. <laughs> yeah, that's the, you know, that's one of the ones that we were really hoping would work with us and, you know, test it up because we know that's a very well-respected kind of beer place to pick up a six-pack or a 12-pack. 
um, and they have a big presence in Atlanta, and mm-hmm. we're, we're excited to work with them. Well, and Bridge Patel, um, for anybody who doesn't know Bridge Patel, he's the craft beer guru on Instagram. Um, he is so supportive of uh, smaller breweries, larger breweries, um, anybody trying new things. Basically, if it's a good quality product, he will sing your praises from the mountaintops. And it's being able to get into Sprayberry, they are pretty selective with what they have in there. So it, it says a lot about your brand and your product to be in Sprayberry. So it's, I think that's really cool. So congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, no, we're very, we're very excited. And, um, you know, even yesterday we went for a meeting, you know, a tasting at, at a, a beer bar and that's what, you know, the owner, very influential guy here in New York, you know, out in Brooklyn and has a beautiful, like, beer bar you know and they're carrying a lot of really crafty things and he said listen the beer has to speak for itself he's like i'm i'm more than happy to bring it in you know and put it in the case and you know for him it wasn't really either way whether it's called gay beer or not he's like listen the beer has to speak for itself so let's do this that's awesome yeah Yeah. exactly and that's what it should be yeah exactly exactly (laughs) and then we kind of touched on this earlier but i'd like to get like more in depth about the mission of gay beer and the impact on the lgbtq community yeah so we you know we uh, you know and this was an intentional product to create this lane like i mentioned earlier Mm. um and it's it's meant to promote visibility you know our company loyal brands was started to develop products that had uh, the ability to stem from purpose and cause and have the ability to change a market space. And, you know, gay beer was our first offering, something that we came up with to do exactly that. So in doing so, we're promoting visibility, we're leveling the playing field, we're promoting inclusion. And then the op- the other side of it, you know, we are very community-based and so is this product. So we give a portion of our proceeds. We donate every quarter to the center here in um, New York City which uh, assists LGBTQ plus uh, people as a whole in need. So um, we are going to follow that model with every, within every city we move into. So, you know, once wow. we're fully set up and moving forward with Atlanta, you know, we will be donating a portion of our proceeds from Atlanta sales into queer advocacy and resources within the Atlanta community. Um, and it just brings it back full full circle for us you know not only are we promoting visibility and inclusion but we're also assisting the community in need and you know just just really being family and and family based wow yeah i mean i I think all along you know that was it our mission was to just you know recognize the community and, and and how they live their everyday lives and then be able you know to give back to resources and you know agencies and, and advocacy groups that are working really hard to make sure um, you know that queer white rights are protected and you know homeless youth um, you know people that get kicked out of their homes because they're they're gay or whatever you know have have the support um, right. from the community and without that you know without us being able to do that um, you know, it was kind of a really important role for us. Yeah, and you know, in, in, in promoting this visibility and inclusion that we were discussing, like, we are very aware of how exactly we want to do so. You know, if you look at our marketing and our branding, there's no there's no cliche, there's no uh, sexualized connotations, there's no rainbows, there's no glitter, and that's very intentional. You know, we, we wanted to take the idea, like I mentioned earlier about the word gay, mm-hmm. we want to take the idea of what it, it means to be gay or queer or different, you know, in the media, in the public side, and bring it back home, like bring it back to center. You know, it's not about being consistently being campy or overtly turned into being um, overtly feminine or, or whatever it is that we've been told that we all have to be in this community. So within our marketing, and, and you know, it's all about snaps of real life you know, barbecues, community at the beach, you know, we're really pushing this, this true narrative that is our lives outside of the typical stereotype we're told we're supposed to be. So, you know, it's multi multifaceted in what we want to do with this product. And thus far, we've been able to hit all those notes and in, a, in an integral and good way. And we, we hope to move forward in doing so and, and stay true to our, you know, our vision of this. That's amazing. And it's such a good point because I feel like sometimes without even realizing it, all of us, we, we do kind of recognize these stereotypes. And if something doesn't fit into this like little box that we've been told something is, you know, it's like, wait, but 
but it's true. It's like, like we keep saying, you know, um, like you keep saying it's, you know, um, LGBTQ community is everywhere. It's all over, it's all around us. And it's, you know, um, not one specific, um, box that it fits into. So I think that's really amazing. Um, and the product is awesome. It's, I think it's a really great way to, like you said, start a conversation and, um, you know, talk about something that, uh, a lot of people would have never thought was an issue before. Right. Right. Exactly. That's awesome. And then I want to know more about the two of you, like what are your backgrounds and then what made you want to get started in the beer industry? Oh, we both have design backgrounds. Um, I used to, I worked in fashion design for a while and had a totally different career before that construction management. Um, and was looking to get out of the fashion world, uh, and just do something a bit more integral, something that had a bit more meaning that I could be connected with, um, and something that gave back. And wow. I think John, uh, you know, I know John was in the same space, but if you want to. Yeah, because I mean, I grew up in Alabama. I've been in New York now for about 25 years. And my career in New York has been mostly, again, like I was a stylist for a few years. And then I worked, um, you know, um, in interior design for years and got into product development and some other exposure. And, you know, I was spending a lot of time, though, um, you know, at my local pub or local bar and, you know, with my friends and always meeting for happy hours and drinking a lot of beer and going to the beach in the summer and drinking other brands of beer, you know, that <laughs> we enjoyed, but whatever. So when this idea came to us, we're like, why has no one done this? You know, it's sort of like, you know, Jason and I, neither one have so much experience brewing beer or whatever. We just had been in a community of people that drank a lot of beer and, you know, and we enjoy craft beer ourselves and things like that. So you know, it just sort of, when the idea came to us, we were like, oh my gosh, this is what we're going to do. Um, you know, we've been toying around other ideas with uh, opening some sort of design business or whatever, and neither one of us just felt so passionate about it that we wanted to do that. Um, but when this idea came up, we mentioned it to a few family members and close friends, and they were like, yes, <laughs> um, you know, you guys can do this. And well, so then the step started, like, how do we, you know, where, first of all, where do we get the beer? Like, how are we going to do this? And, <laughs> You know, that just, it just, you know, intentionally snowballed. Um, yeah, it was kind of crazy. I mean, we had, you know, in that conversation, you know, it wasn't just about, uh, I think it, it appealed to us so much because there was a point to prove, right? Where here we are sitting in a bar, we're like surrounded by, you know, at the time we were in a gay bar, surrounded by all these gay men who are drinking tons of beer. Uh, if anyone's ever been into a gay bar or to a queer destination or a queer party or, you know, whatever, you're going to know that there's tons of beer around mm-hmm. <laughs> including including you know women you know a lot of women drink a lot of beer mm-hmm. and you know we're classically told that women don't drink beer they drink cosmos and, and gay men don't drink beer they drink spritzers so for us <laughs> it was like it was a point that we had to make that actually we drink a lot of beer like a lot we're spending so much money on this and so it made sense to us that there was room for change here there was room for progress uh, you know the ability to progress this market and that was what was appealing to us, you know, and we knew that we wanted to do something with community. So the question came up was, how could we tie this back into community? How could we make this happen? And then we did a little bit of research and it totally snowballed. Like it happened so fast. We found ourselves like obsessed and saturated and and just need to make it happen. And we were able to figure it out. That's amazing. And it is really amazing. Like once you have that light bulb moment and that great idea that you're so passionate about how things will just fall into place for you. I mean, the road isn't always very easy, but it's, um, I read a quote this morning that was so perfect is that the road to success is always under construction. <laughs> totally. I mean, 100%. <laughs> Listen, like I said, we, we, we learned a lot. Like we, we, you know, worked in just behind the scenes development of the product before it was launched for about 14 months. You know, wow. it was a long time that we worked to develop this recipe, worked on the branding, you know, worked on getting our liquor license, worked on trademarking the name, worked on, you know, all of this stuff that you don't really think about, but that we knew we had to secure before, we could put this product out to market. So, you know, we learned a lot in in that, you know, year or so that we were, you know, working behind the scenes to before we launched last December. So, yeah. And I think it's also, and we're still learning a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I I think it's also about synergy, you know, like I I, I could have never have done this by myself, but you know, I couldn't have done it by myself. And like, you know, I'd like to think John couldn't have done it by himself either, (laughs) but you know, it's about, 
you know, we, it was two people coming together and wanting to promote the same causes and, th- and, and ideals and finding a vessel to do so. And, you know, that's, I think that's lightning in a bottle, you know, if you have two people with the same vision for the same purpose. And, like, we're very fortunate to have had such a great experience and very fortunate to have had such a warm welcome and to be more active in our community, you know, it's outside before I speak for myself outside of going to gay bars and going to, you know, queer events and Mm -hmm. hanging with my friends, you know, I really wasn't as active in my community as I could have been, you know, and, and this has enabled me to really connect to my community and, and work with giving back and, and be involved outside of just your average run of the mill. And so in that sense, it's been very fulfilling for me on a personal level. That's amazing. And and how long have y'all known each other? When did y'all meet? Uh, we are going on four years. Oh, yeah. wow. That's great. Yeah. It's been, it's four years in um, November. In November. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. kind of crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking like, yeah, four years goes by so fast. I'm like, I'm, it, does, well, it does. It goes by real fast. Oh, yeah, Someone posted on, uh, yeah, it was another quote that I was reading. They're like, there's 90 days left in this decade. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, oh 2010, 2010 was 10 years ago. How is that possible? I know. <laughs> so crazy. I mean, um, even so to think that we've almost been, you know, on the market for a year, it's kind of crazy. We're about to celebrate our one year anniversary, you know, like in December on wow. the market. So we're really excited. Yeah. That's kind of, it's like a baby. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. But also, um, you know, back to your point from earlier of like how much development, how much work goes into a product and, you know, for it to be to first off have a beer that is in cans, but then going on being around for one year and thriving is pretty amazing. Cause I don't think a lot of people realize when they crack open that can of beer, like how much, um, love and attention and really just like just blood, sweat and tears goes into that. Um, just being able to have a can of beer. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for us, I think it might, the pressure might have been a little bit more, you know, because we we were treading a fine line. You know, we, especially within the way our community views beer, you know, we have been, again, we've been marketed to in such a non-integral way that we, as a community, would either roll our eyes or be accepting of what's being marketed to us and in the way it's being marketed to us. So we knew that we couldn't miss any marks with this. We knew that we had to make it, um, you know, relatable and and a product that was understood. And we also didn't want to be heteronormative with our branding and marketing either. We had room here to be a little bit more fun, a little bit more colorful, a little bit more campy, but without being with, with the ability to be taken seriously. So we had to like juggle a lot of balls to get like this right to where it's at today. Right. And I think that's such an amazing point too, because it's, um, I remember I, I lived in Chicago for six years and I lived in Boys Town, Chicago. And, um, I just remember on, oh gosh, what's the bar? I think it's like sidetracks or something. It's one of the gay bars up there. And, um, they had this mural on the wall and it was a Budweiser mural and it was this painting of these two guys in a gay bar and it was, they're both holding Bud Lights and it said, um, like in rainbow paint, like it's okay to be you. And it just felt like, I don't know. It just felt kind yeah. of like every time I would see it, I'd be like, well, of course it's okay to be you. Like, <laughs> like, why do you have to tell them it's okay to be you? And also this doesn't feel like, it just felt very artificial. It didn't, it felt like it was like, okay, we gotta, okay, we gotta do something to, you know, you know, right. like market yeah. to them. Um, but it's uh, so that's why I love this product because it's like, hey, this is the community we come from, but everybody can enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And that, and that authentic, you know, that authentic um, idea was definitely something that was driving, uh, you know, our intention as well. Um, is that you know we we know not everybody is going to feel included all the time and, and whatever else, but we we try really hard to make sure that we're reflecting that in a true authentic way. Um, 
and you know, as gay beer, we can have some liberties about it too, which, you know, we think that's, that's probably where some of these bigger brands are envious about what we're able to get away with in some senses. You know, we can host a drag brunch, no problem. We can do, <laughs> you know, like whatever. We can host the, you know, we're just sponsored a gay football league this, 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 um, this season, which it's a women's team in New York. And like, we're so excited about it. That is because amazing. Because this is representing for us, like, you know, what, you know, that we're allowed to do that other brands might not risk, you know, and, and try to do. Yeah, and which I think a lot of big corporations, a lot of big beer brands, their support is cutting a check, you know, right. and not really outward visibility and, and, and um, you know, being a part of the community visibly. And so, like, we're, I mean, obviously we are. We're happy to do so. We're going to be at all these events year-round and not just for Pride. So... You know, this beer is also not just for the, the queer community. That was not our intention. This beer was to change the landscape of the beer industry and show that we have visibility and connectivity to everyone. So rather than being like, this is our beer, it's more of this is a great beer that you should come enjoy with us. You know, we want people to be able, everyone to be able to drink it. And here in New York and, and in Atlanta, we're in a lot of non-queer related places, a lot mm -hmm. of queer non the doors that carry the beer and love the message that it sends that you know they show support for the community it's also a great beer so everyone's drinking the beer here it's not just in queer spots and so that was really our point was the connectivity and the bridge that a beer is to connect with someone anyone and so this is more about you know come enjoy a beer with us not this beer is meant for us only I love that. Oh, that's and it's such an inspiring story. It's such a great message, and um, just being able to have the community outreach that you have um, is just really incredible. So I, I'm just super happy for y'all, and I'm so glad. I, I just yeah, meeting y'all at Dames and Dregs, I was like, oh, these are these are my people. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. It really means a lot, and we really appreciate you, you know, taking the time to talk to us. Of course. Um, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to have you guys on. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, sorry, gotta. Uh, do you guys ever get those like insurance robocalls all day? Oh yeah, oh. all the time, every day. They have become so savage because it used to be you could tell immediately it was like an eight hundred number. They have started using my Louisiana area code. Totally, it's crazy. So I think it's somebody from your home calling. It makes it really difficult because you know I get phone calls all day, and mm -hmm. you know I have gotten to a point where I just don't answer my phone. I let they go to voicemail because. 90% of the time it's telemarketer or robocall mm -hmm. and it's tough because I, we own a business. So I, I don't want to miss phone calls. Right. But like I, I've even spoken to my, my phone care, my, um, my mobile carrier and been like, what can I do? And they're like, nothing. There's yeah. apps, but it's just, this is where we're at. <laughs> I'm like, Great. just pick up the phone. And, and as soon as somebody speaks, you just say, please take me off your call list. And they usually hang up. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But also I feel like these days, like just calling someone out of the blue is like showing up to someone's house unannounced. It's like, oh, for sure. it's I like know. what do you want? People still feel so offended. Well, and I'm old <laughs> enough, I'm 38, but I'm old enough that I grew up until about my mid late twenties talking on the phone to everybody. So now when I call my friends, they don't answer. And then I hang up and they text me immediately. What's up? <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Answer your phone. What do you need? Are you on fire? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had someone, one of my friends FaceTime me out of the blue and I was like, are you a serial killer? Like, why yeah, totally. are you doing this don't, to me? Don't do that. Don't do that, for sure. <laughs> Caroline, just back to like how you, how you got started, you know, with, with your interest in beer and stuff like that. Like, when did you decide to, to launch Bitch Beer? We just want to know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, well um, I started Bitch Beer um, going on, it'll be about two years ago. And I always loved beer and I just didn't really know that much about beer and I wanted to learn. And so I would look up different blogs and different articles and, you know, nothing against, you know, things written by men by any means, but I just kind of felt like it was, um, a lot of stuff out there just didn't speak to me and it didn't make me feel like I was learning. And then when I would try to learn, like I would join these different beer communities and I'd be like, mm -hmm. oh, hey, I just tried, you know, Founders All Day IPA and everybody would jump on it and be like, oh, that's just so overdone and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, like, <laughs> be like, all right, I'm not like an official beer geek. I don't have a beard. And like, <laughs> <laughs> totally. so I just wanted to learn more about beer, but also, um, interview women who work in beer and, 
different people in beer and just learn yeah. about the beer from them. So, um, yeah, it's been an amazing journey and I've, you know, I often ask like really dumb questions, like since again, my questions have gotten better, but you know, they would be, the brewers would start talking and talking and talking to me like, okay, hold on. So what's, what's a galaxy hop? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I know it, it is true. The brewery language can be, you well, know, it's kind of crazy too. Like I, so I've, I've bartended for years and you know, the, female perspective is something that's very important to me and to both of us, you know, but to me, it was kind of another point in points to prove for us because, mm -hmm. you know, I, it's very strange. I have, I've had girls come into the bar when I'm bartending and, or women, and they sit at the bar and they're early and they're like, um, this has happened multiple times. Mm -hmm. I have uh, a beer and I give them the beer and then they're like, quick, I want to just close this out. They close out the beer. They, they close out the tap, they finish the beer, their date arrives, they order a glass of wine. And to, and to me, it's very interesting, <laughs> this kind of like, a lot of these women who are like afraid to be openly drinking beer in front of a date or in front of a man. Yeah. And I think, I think because the, the idea is back to that was that it's unattractive for women to drink a man's drink or beer or, you know, it just doesn't seem fitting for a pretty girl in a dress to be drinking a beer. Like, yeah. And to me, it was, it's so irritating, you yeah. know, and like, I, I feel like within what we're doing with gay beer, a main focus for us has also been the female perspective. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we all know how many women drink beer yet. It's kind of still in a weird way outside of the beer community. It's still kind of socially frowned upon in a weird way in some circles. And like, I just think it's so dumb. <laughs> it know? is. No, you're 100% right. And even going back to your point earlier, like naming it gay beer. Well, like I like bitch beer. Bitch beer's always had a negative term. Like, oh, you're drinking that? That's bitch beer. It's like, right. nah, bitches love all beer. All beer's yeah, bitch exactly. beer. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, that, that was my concern with, between John and I when we first were trying to land on a name is that we said let's call it gay beer. And I grew up in a house full of men, you know, my brothers and my dad, and you know, I grew up, you know, I didn't come out until later in life, so I grew up around nothing but straight men, straight boys, and at the connotation with the word gay was so negative, mm -hmm. be like, oh, those shoes are so gay, or like, yeah. your, your shirt is so gay, and so my thing to John was, like, I'm nervous to call it gay, because I've heard my friends, my childhood friends say, that's a gay beer, like in a negative way, and mm -hmm. I didn't want anybody to use that as a descriptor for, as a descriptive for looking at this beer negatively but then like john said you know we needed to take the word back and own it and make it a positive thing in a lot of people's eyes who think it's a negative word so like it's enabled us to do that and it kind of empower a little bit that's amazing and it's su it's such a true point because yeah i grew up in the south and that yeah that's like w when i was a teenager yeah oh that's gay that's gay dude and then yeah, when you yeah, like yeah, yeah. when I you mean, stop you know, them it's like so what's gay about that like, explain it to me yeah. <laughs> exactly. no it's so true um, and then, okay, so you've, both of you have always been beer lovers. What was, like, your entry craft beer that, like, got you interested in, like, craft beer? I mean, I, I have to say that, you know, the brand here um, out of Montauk is, I mean, I'm sure you know it now. It's, it's grown quite a bit. But Montauk was one of the brands that, you know, I was drinking kind of early on that I noticed, you know, sort of showing up on taps in New York everywhere and, um, you know, it was, I mean, not everywhere, actually, when they were small, they were, it was kind of hard to find. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Montauk was, was one of the first craft beer brands that I started kind of following and noticing and drinking regularly. Um, and then also down there, who we love, and our, our friend Erica introduced us to, is uh, Creature's Comfort. <gasps> um, so good. So I know, we love, uh, you know, the Tropicalia. And, oh, it's so you know, good. A lot of the beers that they do. So that when we traveled down there because we can't buy it up here or even i've tried to get it in alabama places it's not there yet we um you know we we always go for that when we're down south or in, in atlanta that's awesome yeah i mean i i'm from san diego so i grew up on a lot of mexican beer Ooh. and you know i've always loved light you know lighter mexican beers kind of nutty kind of refreshing um and you know when i moved to the east coast i was stuck in that habit of just always going for mexican beer mm-hmm and then I started to try some of the brands that John mentioned, like Montauk, and kind of opened my eyes gradually to the idea that beers could be, you know, one brand could have multiple offerings, because I really didn't know too much outside of what I liked. Um, and I'd say 
same as John, the one that really opened my eyes to not only great beers, different types of beers within a family, but also branding and marketing power within the beer industry was Creature Comforts. I think I think they're very strong, and I think they make amazing beers, and I think they know what they're doing in terms of their market. And it really opened up my eyes to a kind of a creative and quality product perspective, coming from a design background, coming from creative direction. Like, I saw the power of what a beer brand itself could be outside of just one can of beer. So it kind of opened my eyes to the craft beer world. Yeah. I, another, I think yeah. another one that influenced me was also Coney Island beer. Ooh. Coney Island Brewery. Yeah, because the Mermaid Pilsner is one of my favorites. I've always been a fan. That's awesome. Well, I'm making a trip up to New York sometime next year because I've got a, um, I, so earlier, actually probably about this time last year, we had Ben Crawford on the podcast who's currently on Broadway right now in Phantom. And he was, we were talking about the Broadway Brews project and Mm -hmm. all this stuff with the happy hour guys. So I'm making a trip up there. So we'll have to make like a beer exchange list. I'll like bring up some creature comforts and then, you know, I'll have to get, you'll have to tell me some beers that I need to get up there. (laughs) We can visit. I mean, there's so many good breweries just literally in Manhattan, you know, like in the five, you know, boroughs of of where we are. So we could definitely meet up and and maybe visit a brewery together or something fun. Oh, of course. Okay. I'm holding y'all to that. That would be amazing. Yeah, no, that'd be great. We would love it. And then um, this weekend in Atlanta is Pride Weekend, and it's right. it's such an exciting time in Atlanta. It's so vibrant. It's so amazing. And, um, I mean, it's great. You guys are here. You guys. And so what kind of presence are you guys having this weekend? So, you know, we're new to the Atlanta market, mm-hmm. and it's only been about a month or so that we've actually been on the market. And, wow. unfortunately, it wasn't enough time for us to really set up any sort of logistical event. Um, but we... You know, we are doing as much as we can. We're working with a few different bars locally to just give them some swag. We'll have um, some of our friends there present with some of their merchandise, their T-shirts and stuff. And we're just facilitating as much beer as we can to all these places in time for Pride. That's awesome. Um, We had a massive Pride Month here for World Pride (gasps) in New York City. It was insane. Um, But we look forward to next year, next year's Pride in Atlanta, where we are going to be established and have the ability to really go all out and be, um, have enough time to set something up to be really involved. That would be awesome. Yeah. And I think we're going to, obviously we're going to generate through our social media and try to attract, you know, some attention just to hopefully let people know that they can find the beer locally there in Atlanta and, and go buy some and enjoy it over the weekend. And you know, show your support and things like that. But beyond that, you know, we're doing the um, Decatur Beer Festival on October 19th. Ooh, that's a great festival. Are you planning to go? I, I'm going to be in New Orleans. It's so... Oh, okay. Uh, well, but... no, that'll be fun, too. <laughs> um, so we're going to be there um, on October 19th. And then on October uh, 27th, Noni's Deli um, is featuring Gay Beer. Um, um, they do a Sunday like drag competition, I think. And so Gay Beer is going to be the featured beer at, at uh, Sunday, October 27th at that event. Oh and my that's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Um, they do you know special drink offers and cocktails and things like that with the beer. And they're you know going to be doing a lot of uh, social media presence and stuff with the beer. So I think those are two dates in Atlanta that we're really looking forward to beyond Pride. That's um, awesome. Which is obviously, you know, um, an important you know, weekend for us as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, when, um, I mean, I think that's such a good call, like just handing out swag and handing out like t-shirts and like whatever you can with your logo on it, because especially at an event like pride, if someone just sees your branding and your marketing, they're gonna be like, Oh, I want that. I want that. And then everybody's going to see it and it's just going to spread like wildfire. Yeah. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) And then if there's anything I can do on my end, Oh my gosh, send me stuff. I will post it on out there. And, um, yeah, next year at Pride, um, if you guys, I don't know, I'll just man the, the gay beer tent if you want me to. I'll be, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're going to, you know, like I said, we, we didn't have enough time this, this year but to prepare, but I think next year I think we'll definitely have something fun going on. If not, a party in tandem with one of the bars there in the corner, maybe a gay beer tent or, or float or something. 
Ooh, a float would be really cool. I know, right? It would be fun. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. I'm just, like, thinking. Oh, I'm always one of those, like, very dramatic, like, oh, my gosh, how can we make everything sparkly and very, like, make a huge entrance? So, oh, my wheels are turning. <laughs> Why don't you um, forward us your address, and then we can send you maybe a bandana and a koozie or something. <gasps> oh, my God. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'll email it to um, you. I'm totally down. Yeah, you can email it to me separately. Okay. <laughs> and then if, yeah, if you ever, again, like if you ever want us to chat again or be included in a panel of anything, just let us know. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And again, if there's anything that I can do down here to help spread the word, let me know. Um, I'm actually traveling with Bitch Beer um, the rest of this year. I'm going to New Orleans and Austin and possibly making a trip up to Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Amazing. Yeah, and then I'm going. These are all these are mm -hmm. all cities where we're thinking of. So <gasps> New Orleans, especially, and Austin, um, particularly. So, you know, we're hoping in the next few months, you know, to get some funding to sort of grow that possibility of us expanding into these other territories. And um, Austin was definitely one of the the cities we wanted to go meet with some of the breweries there, get an idea of what the community is like, and as well as New Orleans, which obviously, you know, I think that's a, a given. So yeah. Um, that's exciting. Yeah. If there's anything I can do while I'm down there or anything, um, let okay. me know and I will, I'll do it. I'll just be like your All brand right. rep. <laughs> I love it. I love that. <laughs> awesome. So you're hired. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank um, you so much for the call. Thank yeah, you so of course. Much. Thank you so much for coming on. This was an amazing conversation. Um, is there anything else coming up for Gay Beer that you guys wanted to mention? Any other events or anything like that? Well, you know, for any listeners, I don't know, you know, in New York, we're, we're having the Miss Gay Beer pageant <gasps> on November 9th in Brooklyn at Come On Everybody. Um, but I think for the Atlanta area, those two dates, the Decatur Beer Fest and then October 27th at Noni's Deli would be important events to kind of push in that area. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Good deal. Great. And then be sure, listeners, to follow us on Instagram at drinkgaybeer and visit our website, drinkgaybeer.com, and, you know, go out and buy the beer. Okay, so drinkgaybeer. So it's at drinkgaybeer on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yes. And then drinkgaybeer.com? Dot com. Okay. Yeah. I'm writing those down, so. Um, Great. Awesome. I'll be able to share them in the show notes and everything. Perfect. Sweet. Awesome. Oh, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, this was such an amazing conversation and I mean, I love the beer. Um, so yeah, congratulations on everything. Thank you. And yeah, I look forward to lots and lots of years of gay beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you Good so deal. Much. Thanks so much. Awesome. Y'all have a great Cheers. one. Have a good day. <laughs> you okay. too. Bye. Bye. Thank you again so much for listening. You can follow Gay Beer at Drink Gay Beer on Instagram. Gay Beer is available in Atlanta. And of course, if you live in a city or state where gay beer is not available, tell your local store, bar, or wherever you buy beer that you want it. The store can contact the distributors and bring gay beer to your community. Help us spread the word of gay beer. And of course, drink it. It's amazing beer. And my hope is that everyone has the opportunity to try it soon. As always, thank you to the band Sweet Crude for our title song. And I have another exciting announcement. Bitch Beer is going on the road. I am going back to my roots and visiting my hometown in New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm going to try some amazing beers at amazing breweries, of course, eat awesome food. That's what we're known for down there. <laughs> and I am so excited to introduce y'all to my hometown. I'll be back in two weeks and be ready to laser les bon temps rouler. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Si que tu avec un fil bien pauvre, t'es dans le grand danger, faudra travailler toute la vie.
see.